Actors Talk Podcast, Episode 38. Welcome, everyone, to Actors Talk Podcast ATP, Episode 38. Yes, indeed. My name is Tommy G. Kendrick. I am an actor based in the Austin, Texas area. I am also the producer and host of our digital get-together here, and I want to thank you so much for joining us once again. Thank you, too, because I was just looking at the stats for the show, and we are up over a total of 156,000 plays. Now, in internet terms, that's kind of a drop in the bucket, but for this little old boy from Texas, I think that's fantastic. 156,000 times people have hit play on uh, their music machine or however you listen to podcasts, whether it's your phone or a, a podcast app or whatever it is. Thank you so much, wherever you are in the world. We've got, I think, listeners in over 112 countries or so now. So thanks a lot. I really, really appreciate that. If you are an actor and if you are, if you know an actor who would benefit from this content, please let them know about it because that's the whole point here is to let actors of all levels, but especially beginning actors, have a, a glimpse at the business from somebody, myself, who's been at it for a long time. And I don't know everything, but I know a few things. And a lot of them I learned the hard way. And if I can make it a little bit easier for you or your buddies in the uh, acting business, uh, that's just uh, what I'd like to do. Were you among the 13.1 million people who tuned in to Under the Dome? Monday night, I certainly was, and it takes something, I got to tell you, to get me to DVR Longmire, which is my favorite new show of the last year or so, to, to DVR Longmire and look at something else live, but that's what I did Monday night, and I think I'll probably do the same again this coming Monday. I'll be watching Under the Dome live because I really, really was intrigued by the show and think they did a terrific job and they covered a lot of territory, laid out a lot of possibilities for where this show can go. I bring up Under the Dome because my guest for this episode has a recurring role on that show. He has been here once before in October of 2012. His name is... Kevin Sizemore. He is a terrific actor and a, a really nice guy. I find him very, very easy to talk to. And I think you're really going to enjoy getting to know Kevin if you didn't hear the earlier episode. If you're already a Kevin Sizemore fan, hopefully you will enjoy this episode and this interview. I think you will. Kevin has quite a bit to tell us about Under the Dome and also uh, several other projects that he is involved with. When he was here in October, of 2012, we talked about a film that he had coming out called Redline, and that film is just going gangbusters in lots of international markets. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about a Christmas movie that he'll have coming out later in the year called A Christmas Tree Miracle. Uh, Kevin will be going to Comic-Con. We'll probably talk a little bit about that. And he also has a comedy that he's just finishing up called Can I Get a Witness Protection? How's that for a comedy uh, film title? It's, it sounds funny, and uh, Kevin says it is funny, and I believe him. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a terrific movie. Can I Get a Witness Protection? It, it makes me chuckle just to say it. Well, we'll get to the interview with Kevin Sizemore in just a moment. I do want to ask you to please go to ActorsTalkPodcast.com. You may be listening to the podcast 
from iTunes or Stitcher or from shortfilmtexas.com where the podcast is embedded or some other venue. But if you are, thank you for doing that. But please go to the website, actorstalkpodcast.com. Register as a subscriber. You don't get charged anything, and I don't bombard you with emails or anything like that. It just uh, allows me to inform you when there is a new episode. If you want to know more about me, hit that About tab at the top of the page there at actorstalkpodcast.com, and you'll learn more than you ever wanted to know about this old boy here. Well, that's enough uh, rambling here. Let me get to the interview with Mr. Kevin Sizemore. We start off this interview talking about a project that Kevin has going with his acting class. If you are a beginning actor or know a beginning actor who's struggling with getting in SAG-AFTRA, this might have some information that you would be interested in because we talk about doing a web series under a SAG-AFTRA new media agreement and there's some information that will be helpful to you possibly uh, with uh, giving you some assistance or a way, an idea of how you might uh, gain entry into the guild. Well, without any further ado, that's plenty of rambling on my part. Let's talk to Kevin Sizemore. How are you guys coming up with the scripts for your uh, web series? Well, we actually go through our normal class time, and then we take two or three weeks during our class, and we write them, and we contribute it to ourselves. So they'll bring me back a rough draft, which, for example, you know, we're trying to do less than four pages so we can keep this, these series real tight. Right. And, you know, they'll come back with 16 pages. Yeah. <laughs> so 16 turns into seven which turns into four right so uh, right. i chop 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 and then by the end of the class they understand that less is more make it simple we don't need to have 30 cuts we don't need 30 characters when you're doing a demo reel because this is feasibly your demo reel right so we're doing something like that it's about you and the other person it's not about 14 other people so some people would get into the habit of well i want to make sure everyone has a chance to talk that's not what we're looking for. We're looking to tell a good story within the context of your character and the other character. Maybe someone walks in and out, but it's about you. It's really about you because when you put this on your demo, you're going to put 15 to 30 seconds of you. Now, what kind of locations are you using for these episodes? My house has been a great one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my house, it's been other friends' locations. We've had... Uh, uh, residents that allowed us to come in and shoot in their uh, their kitchens, their restaurants. Uh, you know, you pull the favors that we've had, and each person in class has someone who knows someone in a restaurant or a hotel or an office space, and we just we write what we know, and that should be whatever writer does. Write what you know. Sure. Well, that's awesome. So, are you the DP, or do you, are you are you bringing someone in to shoot so that it looks? Uh, as professional as possible. Oh, yeah. Everything looks fantastic. Uh, the last ones we've shot has been uh, a really good friend of mine, Matthew Reithmeyer and um, uh, Tony Rodinko. They, they've been the last two guys to shoot with me. And um, Matthew's directed some of them, and I've directed some of them. So it gives me a chance to get my feet wet in that area as well. Man, that sounds like a really... Um a really terrific thing for the students to get some really practical experience, uh, not only in, in your classwork, but to take what they're learning in class and then put it into practice in a, in a very tangible way. 
Yeah, it's really fun for everyone. So I can see them grow as we go along. And, you know, every now and again, the next series that we do or uh, if the next group of students that come through, we decide we might drop in maybe a a well-known actor in their class and they have no clue that they're going to be in the scene with them. So maybe I'll just tell them that, hey, I'm going to cast this character for you. And it might be someone that they've idolized and uh, that just makes them freak out a little bit more, which is a great test. Yeah. How big is your class? Uh, I try to keep it under 10 students. We, uh, I have two classes a week and I don't like to keep them anything other than that because my whole thing about when I teach a class, I don't like to have a student get up and then you say, okay, can you make it more funny? Okay, good job. And have a seat and you sit down and everyone claps. Right. My thing is sometimes you walk into my class and there's a sign-in sheet outside my door and you sign in and you come in. I give you no direction. You put it on tape and then we all watch them and then I'll give you notes and then we'll tape it again. And then we watch them again and then I'll put the actors together and they'll bunch up and I'll make them do the scenes together with three and four different times. Sometimes you're working seven times in one night. Yeah. So when you leave, you've worked this scene every which way to Sunday, which is exactly how it should be when you do a job because, or an audition because the director or the casting director is going to say, well, let's try it this way. And if you haven't tried it in those other ways, your mind is so fixated on one way and one way only that your body can't shift and you just can't function any other way other than what you've rehearsed. You know, one of the things that I that I really don't like about demo reels is that there's sort of a cottage industry in L.A. and in, and around the country, really, of people who will shoot a demo reel for you. But a lot, but in L.A., I know when if they first started, a lot of times it was just on a stage somewhere, and they would say, "Bring you know, bring a scene from uh, some movie," and you, and you know, and you're and you're uh, you're going in and you're doing Dustin Hoffman's part in Tootsie, and you know that. Nobody wants to see that as as a demo reel. What you're doing here is much more valuable because it's real original footage under the gun in a real filming situation. That shows what somebody can do. Well, yeah, and we have it lit perfectly. It's uh it's 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 audible. You can hear it. We have the opportunity to make sure that uh what you see is good footage. It's not just something that it's all dark and grainy and it's it's not one of these things where, like you said, you're doing something from Top Gun. Yeah, right. No, okay, that that that's great to do in a workshop if you want to play those characters. I mean, even when I do a lot of the acting stuff, I try not to choose projects that people know because it's so hard to get a Tom Cruise out of your head or a Morgan Freeman or a Meryl Streep. Yeah. I like to choose projects to where they're not so publicized to where the actor can just completely start fresh and not have to think of anything. And when I first moved here years ago, I fell into the trap of going to one of those uh, come and do your demo reel things. And, dude, they made a lot of money, a lot of money. And it wasn't worth it. <laughs> it just wasn't. Yeah, it's it, it, it really isn't worth it because the thing that, that actors have to understand, too, I mean, what's so interesting about demo reels is that when you don't have any footage, you know, everyone tells you, you got to get some footage, you got to get some footage, which you do. And then, you know, if you've been, if you're, if you're an old dog like me and you've been around a thousand years, eventually you have some footage and, and it's hard to get somebody to look at it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and I've realized that, you know, some casting directors could care less about your demo reel and some casting directors love it. So, you know, the good thing for actors access is instead of putting your whole demo reel up on actors access, you just put the clips right. of the shows you're doing and you type in, for example, let's say, uh, for Redline. you know, I'll put, uh, 
father uh, who's under uh, pressure with his family, uh, 900 feet below ground, trying to survive for his life. Um, what does he have to do to get out of this situation? Right. So when, the, when my agent says, hey, I'd like to pitch Kevin for a job. Well, I don't know if he's right. No, no, your show's exactly right. Because if you go look at this clip on Redline, it's about blah, 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 which is exactly the type of show they're doing. They don't have to watch my whole demo reel. They can watch a scene from the movie of the clip that I have listed. And that makes it so much easier for everyone. Yeah, and that's so much better because, you know, in in, in talking to casting directors and and having them in at some functions here for the like the the actors conservatory here in Austin, you know, they'll they'll just tell you straight up. We're you know, we'll look at a few seconds. You know, and then it's on. It's if it if it does it's not right for that project, then we're on to the next one because we we don't have time to look at you know five minutes of everybody. You know, we we'd be uh, old and gray, and the the project would never get cast. So it's it's very important to have that kind of specific material that you can tag with an audition. So that's that's terrific. You talked to. Let me just go into one other thing, and then we'll move into some of the projects. One of the other things you said last time, and I want to sort of explore that more here, is you have to. Know know how to submit to an agent or a casting director right. remember saying that what what did you mean can you expound on that a little bit more so that if people uh you know who are who are new to la or maybe even new to acting what do you mean by that how do you what's the what are the tricks there of submitting to an agent or a casting director how can you do that in a poor way well there's no right or wrong way to do anything i guess um every Agent and every casting director, you know, are different. Some casting directors love postcards. Some hate postcards. Some love it when you send their headshots. Some don't. What you have to realize is if you're coming into town and you have no to a few credits on your resume, then why are you trying to submit to UTA or CAA or, you know, don't waste your time on the big, big, big guys. Find a nice, small agent that you can get your feet wet that will give you the time of day that will help you learn and kind of mold your career to where you can get a few co-stars, a few guest stars, and then move upward. And then if they're working for you, great, then you stay with them. So the way you would submit to those guys is it's short and sweet. You send them something very simple. Nine times out of ten, no one wants to hear from you unless you have something to tell them. And that is, hey, I just finished a short film that won second place or first place at the so-and-so film festival – I would love for you to take a look at it. Here's the link, blah, blah, blah. And uh, if at all possible, I'd love to meet you for some representation. I mean, it's very simple. Right. And you can put that in a postcard yeah. um, with a nice photograph on the front. Be creative a little bit. It just have, doesn't have to just be a postcard. And on the back, I need representation. It doesn't have to be as blatant as that. You can be a little creative. Um but at the same time, you don't want to send a four-page letter because no one wants to read it, and they really don't care. A lot of it's common sense. but well, it, I, is, you know. it is, but when you get into the point of an actor's brain, especially a very new actor, common sense sometimes just goes to the wayside. And I don't know, and I've been there, and I'm, I don't know if you've been there, but I know I've done things in the past where I'm like, why did I do that? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just the actor you, the actors get so excited because they want to work so bad. And we want to try to be out there and take words from a page and make them real. And we know the agent is the link to get us to the casting director. That is the door to that we need to go through to get there and we want to do it so bad yesterday 
that we forget sometimes that we need to cross our T's and dot our I's and we make stupid mistakes that shoot us in the foot. So I would invite anybody to go back to who may be interested in hearing some more of this because we talked about it previously. And that was in uh, episode 25 back in October of 2012 when we first spoke. Now, when we talked about then, you had uh, recently completed a film called Redline, and I believe Redline had just won an award at, I think it was the San Diego Film Festival. So what's going on with Redline now? Jump forward to this time. Is it, uh, has it been released? And, and what's, what's happening with that film? Redline's taken off. Uh, it's been over in Japan, South Korea, Russia, Germany, uh, the international distribution has been really great for us. Uh, I just found out it's being released on Amazon and Redbox and all that. I think uh, July 23rd this year, next month. Great. So that, that's fantastic. It'll be in all the stores, the Walmarts and Targets and all that. It'll be in there by probably October, Novemberish. Um, it's a wonderful cast. Crew is fantastic, and it's a very um, it's a family film. There's a you know there's a little bit of blood in the beginning part of it, but the content is it's about um, it's about how do we work together as a team to get out of these situations. And once you see the trailer, you can visit you can send up a link for the trailer. It's redlinethefilm.com. Um, it's it's pretty intense. And, um, yeah, I've seen the trailer. It's, it's excellent. Excellent. Hey, but also I want to make sure that we have links on the show notes just so everyone knows to how they could get in touch with you. If they're interested in seeing you, if you have an opening in your acting class, if they're, if they're in LA or, or do you go by referrals only, or do you want people to contact you? How does, how does that work for you, for your classes? Well, it's mainly referrals only, but at the same time, I know that every time I've done a referral only and I've never seen anyone else, I've missed someone who's that jewel that really has something that they need just refined. So I'm willing to meet people. Uh, they're more than welcome to find me on Facebook. My, 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 uh, my social media is pretty simple. It's all at Kevin Sizemore. That's Facebook. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Vine. They're all at Kevin Sizemore. You can find me and they can leave a note. And uh, yeah, if, if it's right, then we'll make it work. What is this project that you did called Can I Get a Witness Protection? Tell me about that. Uh, man, that's a fun ensemble comedy. Um, it's a faith-based film. Robert G. Lee, he's a Christian comedian who's, um, who's very well known in that, in that market. He does a lot of stand-up and he wrote this and directed this. And it's a... It's, it's about a, a guy who, by accident, witnesses a murder. He's just at work doing his job. And next thing you know, he calls his wife and says, Hey, honey, <laughs> we have to go into witness protection. I saw a murder, and they're after me. And I play the guy that takes this whole family into the witness protection program. And, you know, we end up taking them to a, a place where they're not too happy about, in a location where they can't believe we're taking them because they're a pretty highfalutin group. The, the situations and the circumstances they're put in is beyond belief, and it's hilarious. And every one of the performers did a wonderful job. Uh, I actually just saw a rough cut of it last week. And um, is that is that a feature or a short? No, it's a feature. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, great! And you shot that out in in L.A., right? 
yeah, that was the best job I had, man. It shot six miles from my house. (laughs) Well, you've been traveling a lot, haven't you? Now, you, uh, I know you did an an episode, I I think it was maybe one episode of Necessary Roughness. Has that aired already? It airs sometime in July. I think somewhere around the 15th or so of July. It's like the fifth episode, I think. I had, uh, I had four days open. And my schedule just happened to work exactly from the last show I was doing compared to the film I was doing the, uh, the next two days after that. And it worked perfectly in the middle. And I actually booked that on Skype. Rob Morrow was directing that. And I had no way to get to a callback. And I said, hey, I can, I can do a Skype for you. And he said, great. We did it. Boom. I got it. And it was, it was lovely. Well, talk about that for a second, because that's very interesting. And that's happening more and more that type of a, of an audition. I think uh, five or six of the last now seven auditions I've had have been auditions that I videotaped and sent out of state, either to New Mexico, Louisiana, Georgia, South Carolina. You know, that's the production is spread out so uh, dramatically across the country that these what we're calling virtual auditions are happening more and more. But but how how did what's the dynamic in a Skype audition? I have not done one of those yet. How does how did that work? It was interesting because I was uh, expected to go on at 1 o'clock and I had my backdrop set up to where it looked neat and clean. You didn't see everything on the walls. And um, the call comes in at 12.15 and they said they might call to check the Skype. I was like, oh, great. So when the call comes in, I'm sitting there with my baseball cap on backwards, T-shirt, <laughs> you know. And <laughs> it comes on and it's Rob Morrow going, hey, buddy, how you doing? I'm I'm great. I yeah, I'm good. What's up, man? So I took my hat off and my hair sticking straight up and he goes, You ready? Yeah, yeah, I am now. So uh yeah, I did it and that was that. But I you know, I wasn't prepared at all. Right. I was, I was expected I had thirty minutes to kind of do whatever I needed to do. The only issues that I've ever had with Skype is if you're standing up, you're shooting upward, which makes you look a little weird. So it's it's good to get your your system, whatever you're using eye level, or if you're sitting down, it's cake. Yeah. Did, did you do the audition sitting? No, actually I was, <laughs> this is funny. When it came through, I was kneeling down. So when the call came through, I was actually on my knees bending over something. So I leaned up. He couldn't tell if I was standing or sitting. And he said, uh, he said, are you sitting? And I go, yeah. He goes, <laughs> let me see, let me see you stand. And then the camera hit me right about the belly button. Oh, that's funny. So I had to move the camera up and it worked out fine. You know, it's all about, they want to make sure, can you take direction? Can you follow along and kind of be who they want you to be without being a butthead? That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Now where does that shoot necessary roughness? Is that in Atlanta or where do they shoot? Yeah. Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. For actors who may not have experienced this yet, when you go into a show, you're walking into a situation where the family is already set a lot of times. If, if you're the guest star or, or even if you're coming in for several episodes to acclimate yourself and get do the work you have to do, if you've never done that before, is a, it can be challenging because it's not like the theater where you all rehearse together for weeks and everybody knows everybody and everything. You just have to come in and hit the ground running. Yeah, I pay everyone off. That's what I usually do. I just, <laughs> no, here's twenty five bucks. Treat me nice, and then we'll all be happy. No, what you know when I, when I I understand that the most important people on a film set are the crew members, and once you can realize that, and once you know that 
they're the nuts and the bolts to a film or a TV show, the better it is for you in your career. Because I'm not saying, you know, be false and kiss butt. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying treat people the way you want to be treated. And nine times out of 10, you'll be fine. You know, I'm not going in guns blazing. Hey, everybody. You know, I just come in. I make sure every day when I go to the set, I do it to this day. I try to shake hands with every person I see on set. Extras, actors, crew members, director, producer, everyone. I make sure that I make eye contact and give you a few seconds so we can make sure that we're, we're a team. That's what it comes down to. If I'm disregarding the lighting guys and the sound guys and the extras and I'm there just doing my own thing and thinking I'm the cock of the walk, you know what? It's going to come back and bite me in the butt because I can't do it without the sound guy and I can't do it without the extras and I can't do it without my scene partners. My job is to go in. When they say action, I do what I'm told to do. When they say cut, I'm having a great time making friends. And that's what it's about. Relationships, having a good time, high fives, telling jokes, getting to know each other, just really enjoying your your time because these things don't happen often. You might work on a show for a month, six months, a year, and you might be unemployed for a year. Yeah, that's what I always uh, tell people too, you know, is that, um, you know, the, the work to me is getting the job. Once you have the job, I mean, that's that's fun. I mean, it's work. It's serious. And you take it and you do it as a professional. But that's what that's what you're living for, to get those opportunities to uh, to be on those sets and, and to have that experience. And and you're right. Boy, the, the crew people, too, what what uh, especially young actors, I, I think, hopefully understand is that these people are in many cases, much, much, much more seasoned professionals than you are, especially when you're starting. They know what they're doing. They, they are pros, and, uh, and they can really help you out, and they want to help you out, you know, as long as you have a great attitude like you're talking about. And they will, they will go and help you out in every way possible, and they can really make your job easier and help you grow as a professional as long as you treat people with respect. And that's, that's what it's all about. I think it's great advice. Thank you. Uh, well, let's talk about Under the Dome. Now, that's, uh, that is, I think, one of the more intriguing series that's coming along this summer. Just lay out the basics of what the show's about, if you will. Well, Underdome is taking place in a little town in Chester's Mill. It's, it's just a small town. I mean, there's many of these all across the country. I grew up in a town like this. And you have everyone that's kind of doing their daily life. You don't really pay attention to anything. You know, this is a science fiction novel that was based off of Stephen King. So, you know, sometimes you try to keep up with where Stephen King's going. You're like, oh, my gosh, I can't even keep up. This guy's mind is all over the place. So once you realize that you're going into a Stephen King show, you have no clue what's going to happen next. And these residents, you have the residents, um, uh, Big Jim Rennie, he, he runs a car dealership there. And he's kind of the, uh, he's kind of the guy that kind of likes to say he owns the city, the kind, one of those guys. Yeah. Um, and, and, Ch- and Chief Perkins is the local sheriff there, or, or the local chief, I'm sorry. So you have these certain characters that have already been implanted, but then when this dome falls from the sky, which no one really sees because it's 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 kind of like you see through it. You don't know it's there until you smash into it. If you get close enough to that dome, the problem is, let's say if you have a, a problem with your heart, you have a pacemaker, you get close enough, it's going to uh, explode. 
Okay. Let's say if you have a, uh, a problem with your watch, let's say there's batteries in your watch, it will explode. <laughs> so the thing is, you don't see the dome. You have no clue. So if you're driving your vehicle 50 mile an hour, boom, you run right into it because you don't see that it's there. Now, can the so people in the dome communicate with those outside the dome and vice versa or not? No, you can't. Ah, interesting. So that, that, that's where it's hard. So you're having issues with, I have friends, relatives, loved ones, et cetera, that's outside the dome. And how do you communicate? Do you dig a hole and try to go through it? What Now the next question is, how big is the dome? Is the dome 20 feet? Is it 200 miles? Uh -huh. We don't know how big it is. So now we got to figure out how big is this dome and what do we need to do to make our town safe? And, you know, me as a deputy, I play uh, Deputy Randolph in this, and me as a deputy, what, what can I do to make sure that everyone's safe and we do what we need to do to, to kind of protect ourselves? And I'm more of a uh, react first and think later type of guy, Yeah, which can get me in trouble from time to time. And um, that, that's, that's the situation that I need to deal with in, in episodes to come. Okay. Now, are, are, you, are you under the dome or are you outside the dome? Your character, I, or can you say? I, I am under the dome. Okay. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you can tell how many episodes, uh, you know, the character arc is, or is, is that, you know, if you say, maybe you don't even know. You know, if, if there are more episodes to come or is that up in the air or? Yeah, the, w the way this is written now is um, they're trying to parallel the book as much as they can. But there's so many characters in the book that they've actually taken three and sometimes four and five characters to put into one character. So you might have characters that you never knew existed coming into the show. And you might have characters that you might think that are there for a long time that might not be. So it's you just have to watch and see what's going to happen. And with the arc of my character... It all depends on what happens towards the end of the season. Um, the first, the first part of the season is going to be very interesting for me, though. I have a lot going on in the very, the very early parts of the episodes. When does your character first appear? The first episode, they refer to me and they uh, tease me in the in the pilot in the first episode. But you actually get a chance to see what I'm all about on episode two, and that's July first. Okay, July first. Can you say how many episodes you've already shot? I've shot three so far. Now, uh, how many directors did they have working on this series? Because it's uh, it's not not unusual that, of course, on a on a series you might have a, a stable of directors. It may be one or two or three, depending on how big the show is. Is it a thirty minute or an hour show? No, it's an hour show. Okay. I, think, I think we're on episode nine or ten right now, yeah. and that means we've probably rotated. Three or four directors. Okay, so you worked with more than one director in yeah. your time. Okay, okay. That, and that, that, the, the first episode that I did was Jack Bender, who's also the showrunner of the show. And, oh, okay. uh, of course, he did Lost. Right, right. That's uh, tough, tough luck getting cast in that. It's, it's, we're, we feel we feel bad for you. So, <laughs> how did how did this job come about? Uh, was this from an audition, or did someone see you in something else and say, "Hey, Kevin Sizemore would be good for this"? Or how did that work out? How did your involvement come about? No, this came from a uh, from a, from a pitch from an audition. I put myself on tape. Uh, Jack Bender uh, appreciated the audition. Sent it straight to network, and two days later, I got the job. That was awesome. pretty. That's it. No callback. It, they they booked me off that. And it was a uh, it was a great great break for me. Wow, they booked you off tape. Yeah. Wow, that is awesome. 
That is awesome. All right, man, I'm looking forward to this. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna have to set the DVR because I've been watching uh, Longmire at 9 o'clock on Monday nights, but I think I'm going to have to watch uh, Under the Dome live and, and DVR Longmire, which was one of my favorite shows from last year. It's on, uh, on A&E, but uh, I'm really looking forward to Under the Dome. This one has me intrigued. Yeah, it's it's very interesting, man. I just found out that it's sold in over two hundred countries. That's just baffling to me. Are you kidding already? Wow. Yeah, it's already sold in two hundred countries. And I uh I'm gonna be at Comic Con this year, which is gonna be fantastic. So I get to go down and talk about under the dome of Comic Con and then three days later when Comic Con's done, that's the release of Redline, which is fantastic. Now how did your going to Comic Con come about? Was that because of Under the Dome or or what? Yeah, yeah, a company called That's My Entertainment wanted me to come down and be uh be there and kind of be the face of their booth and help them out. And um it's gonna be great. I'll be able to help out That's My Entertainment. That's fun. That's fun. Have you been to a convention like that before? A Comic Con or one of the mm-hmm. one of the other type similar type conventions that they have now that seem to be, you know, everywhere now? No, no, I haven't. And my son, who's you know a diehard actor and loves this business as well, I just did a little film with him for the 168 Film Festival called Heartfall that comes out in August. And he's going to go down and he's going to be in the booth with me and hang out. And he's going to have a lot of fun. He's, oh, that'll gonna- be fun. How did uh, how did he get started in the business? Was this something that he just decided on his own after seeing what dad was doing, that, that it was something he was drawn to? Or did you nudge him in that direction? Um, he's seen me do this since he was just a toddler. I mean, when I was, I was going to auditions with him and he was six weeks old going to auditions. So we were just going over and over and over and he just saw it and he just knew it. And he's so adjusted and so comfortable in a room because of being around it so much. When he was three and a half, my agent, uh, my commercial agent asked me to go on an audition and said, you know, it's a family audition. Just take Gunner and take your wife, Gina, and just all three of you go. So when we did, he said, oh, by the way, I know Gunner reads pretty well, so why don't you have him read the, the, the copy? And I said, well, man, that's a seven-year-old copy. He said, but, but he can do it, so do it. Well, when the casting director somewhat just gave the cue, he started spurting out dialogue, and it was <laughs> to a T, and they booked him. They didn't book me. They booked him. That's funny. Wow. And from that point on, he's booked uh, quite a few commercials, and he's, uh, he's doing really well in that area. Um, he just finished doing an animation film with uh, Selma Hayek called The Prophet, where he plays a character. He does a lot of ADR, a lot of looping. Um, oh, man. He's, he's, he's found his niche, and he loves it. you know. And on top of that, he's just a normal kid, man. He goes to school. He likes to play sports. He plays the guitar. He plays the piano, and he loves to wrestle daddy. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I don't, I don't want to hold you too long here, Kevin, but I did uh, did want to talk to you about, especially Under the Dome. Was there anything else we wanted to talk about? There was uh, another project, I think, that you said was coming out in November, a Christmas Tree Miracle. What is that project? Yeah, Christmas Tree Miracle was the film that I shot in West Virginia. Uh, it was originally called Simple Gifts, and they changed the name. Uh, we just got distribution and they wanted to have a different holiday message. It's the film I did with Terry Kaiser, uh, from weekend to Bernie's. Okay. Yeah. And, um, this is, man, I'm so excited about this one. Cause number one, I got to shot my hometown of West Virginia, uh, not my hometown, but my home state of West Virginia, excuse right. me. Uh-huh. But it's, it's about a family that has everything. I mean, my, my family, I have a beautiful wife, three lovely kids, 
we're high in the hog, making money, doing our jobs, and then boom, I lose my job. And then the spiral downward that I have to go through and I have to take my family with me along this journey is not only heart-wrenching, but everyone in America can understand where we're coming from because someone that we've known, if it's not been us, has gone through this in the last few years with our economic downfall. And um, the way we handle these situations sometimes is not the best and how we get out of them through um, being together allows us to get through this process. And it's a, it's a beautiful story. Now, has it got theatrical distribution or is it going to DVD or what? It's got theatrical distribution already. Oh, oh that's awesome. And so it's, uh, I guess it's a Christmas story. So we'll be coming out in November in time for the Christmas season. We'll look forward to that. Kevin, thanks so much. I really appreciate you being on Actors Talk podcast again. We're definitely going to be uh, looking uh, to see what's going on with Redline and, and with the Christmas tree miracle that you just talked about. Uh, can I get a witness protection? And uh, of course, I think most people will be really, really interested in checking out Under the Dome. And again, what what is your character name on that show? Uh, Randolph. My name is Paul Randolph. And oh, I also want to thank you for doing so much for the actors. And, and you're giving everyone an avenue to learn so much more than they never knew. If, they just, if they're taking the time to listen to your podcasts, they're getting information that they can't get elsewhere. And that's valuable information that can shave a lot of years off of a young actor's career by learning what to do instead of banging their head against the wall doing the wrong thing. So thank you for doing all that you're doing for everyone. No, Kevin, thanks. I really, I really appreciate that. That's sort of the whole goal here is to give back. And it, it gives me a lot of, uh, of joy and a creative outlet to do that. And I appreciate you saying that. It was really good to talk to you again. You too, man. Take care. All right. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. God all bless. Right. Bye-bye. Wow. Once again, thanks, Kevin Sizemore find it really easy to talk to him and i look forward to meeting kevin in person someday maybe um, if i'm lucky we'll meet on a set somewhere in this uh, country or around the world wouldn't that be sweet sure would and i'm looking forward to kevin's first appearance coming up monday july 1st on under the dome if you have questions for Kevin, be sure and check the links at actorstalkpodcast.com. You can follow Kevin on Vine, on Twitter, or on Instagram. His handle is at Kevin Sizemore, at Kevin Sizemore, at those venues. If you want to find him on Facebook, there's a link right on the show notes to his Facebook page. That's uh, facebook.com slash Kevin Sizemore page. But like I say, go to actorstalkpodcast.com. You will find links to all of those ways that you can follow Kevin. There'll be links to uh, things like Comic-Con and information on Under the Dome and Redline and A Christmas Tree Miracle as well. Once again, thank you, Kevin. Really appreciate you being on Actors Talk Podcast. You, um, you uh, really uh, were a terrific guest and helped me get out information that I think can be valuable, especially to beginning actors so i really do appreciate your time in that regard that's it folks this episode is about to wrap i hope to see you in the movies god bless you all thank you for listening and i will see you next time until then this is tommy g kendrick so long That's a wrap.